Wonderful. I don't know if you've uh, noticed on our graphic for our sermon series, it's a bunch of faces that are blurred out. Uh, because The reason that our graphic has this is because we're talking about nobodies. We're talking about people in the, in the Bible who have no name. So, so to us, they're a nobody. And um, uh, I'm just, uh, this message this morning, I just want to pray because uh, this uh, specific account was a deposit uh, that I received, and I, I just want to be able to convey it in the way that I, I received it. So, so I'm going to just pray. God, I just thank you, God, for your word, God. And, and it wasn't just... God, receiving a message, God, I felt a deposit in my spirit with this. And God, I believe that, Lord, that you want to bring a deposit to vision this morning, God. We thank you for your presence here this morning. And, Lord, we want to be men and women who are changed from the inside out. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right. Last week, Pastor Joy, she talked about four nameless friends and the faith that they had to see their friend healed, and through the whole ordeal of them busting through the roof, the message was entitled, Raise the Roof. And there are times, friends, when we can't, when we can't have, when it seems like our way is blocked, we've got to find another way, and we've got to work for it. Okay. Today we're going to talk about a sick woman. That's what the headline describes it as, a sick woman. Her account can be found in Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 5 and also Luke chapter 8, but we're going to read the account of Mark chapter 5 just because there's a few more scriptures that bring a little bit more description. So I do not have a live event, I do apologize for that this morning, but if you do have your Bibles or or a smartphone, you can go ahead and open up Matthew chapter 5. We will also have it on the screens for you today. Mark chapter 5, we're going to read verse 24 through 34. And this is what it says. Okay, in, in verse 21, uh, there's, a, there's a, a girl that this man is asking Jesus to come and heal her daughter. And so Jesus is actually, he said, I'll go, I'll go pray for her. And he actually is on his way to go pray for this woman. So this, is a, this happens in verse 24, okay? So Jesus went with him. So we know what's going on. He's going with this man to go heal his daughter. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Say 12 years. 12 She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Say all she had. All she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Verse 29, immediately, say immediately. Immediately. Her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? Verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear, told him the whole truth. 
Verse 34. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Mark is, uh, is the longest account. Both Matthew and Luke share smaller details out of this. Uh, it's found in all of the synoptic gospels. The word synoptic means they share the same common view. So this account is found in all three gospels. Okay, So it says in Mark, and there's a few other different um, descriptions that share just a little bit more detail about the way that she approached him. And actually, when you read it in Matthew and when you read it in Luke, it actually says, it didn't say that, he, that she touched his cloak. It actually says that she came up from behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Say edge. In the interlinear Bible, the word is fringe. Okay, the fringe of his robe. Fringe in the Greek actually means a fringe, a tassel, a border, or a hem. So if we wanted to take a look at what that might look like in a Jewish outfit, the hem or the fringe of the garment is in a lower position. Okay, the fringe isn't like up by the neck. Okay, a fringe or a hem or a tassel, as that word tassel, as that word fringe also means tassel, a tassel would be at the very bottom edge of a garment. So if you could see, this is what a traditional uh, Jewish garment would look like. At the bottom of the talid, you see those little, those little things that kind of hang down? Those are, those are called tassels. And you can see there's tassels kind of coming down, and then they, he would have tassels around the edge. Or this, is, this would be like more of a, uh, a garment that, that, that the everyday person would wear. In order to get the fringe, you would have to do what? You would have to get into a position that's down low. So this is what a picture of that might look like. Okay, she touched the fringe of his garment. Okay, so she had to grab a part that was down at the bottom of the clothing. Okay, 12 years of suffering spent, whole life savings spent, trying to be healed. So number one, she was spent. She was spent. Spent. Exhausted all of her resources. She had nothing left. Friends, she had nothing to lose. When you come to a place when you have nothing left and nothing to lose, you'll do what it takes to get that breakthrough. Friends, then she encountered Him. Some of us, we need to encounter Him. So not only number one was she spent, number two, she was humble. The word of the Lord says that she came up from behind him, meaning she didn't want to even disrupt him. She didn't want to be seen by him. She came up from behind him and she grabbed the edge of his cloak, not coming in like, like grabbing the shirt or pants, she grabbed, she said, if I could just touch the tassel, if I can just touch the fringe, if I can just touch the edge, then I'll be healed. She must have thought, if I can just go in and slip through unnoticed, then perhaps I can be healed. 
And in order for her to do that, she had to come to a low place and bring herself into a position that was down low for her to grab the hem. Which brings us to point number three. In order for this to happen, friends, she had to be aggressive. She had to be aggressive. Because when we read the Scriptures, the Bible says that people crowded around Jesus. I love the detail that it gives in Luke chapter 8, verse 42, one verse. It says, as Jesus was on His way, the crowds almost crushed Him. So we're not looking at Jesus had all of this area where it was free for Him to walk in, and she just kind of slipped on through the crowd. No, the crowds were pressing in towards him and the and and luke brings one small detail that they almost crushed him have you ever been in a position where you were with so many people that you felt smushed and you couldn't move why would it bring that detail unless it was so it was overcrowded have you ever been in a car that was overcrowded (laughs) the crowds almost crushed him he had no place to go he was just stuck in this crowd So she sees this aggressive crowd and she knows that she's been dealing with this for 12 years and that the people were crowding, they were crowding around him, that he was almost being crushed and that didn't stop her. She she could have seen all the crowds and said, there's no way that I could get, no, she didn't do anything like that. She actually pushed through and fought and pressed and pushed her way through the crowd Are you getting this? She had to shove her way through the crowd. It wasn't a path like this where she just easily made her way to Jesus and said, okay, I'm going to grab the edge. No, she had to shove her way. She probably got pushed down to the ground as she's shoving her way through the crowd. Have you ever seen an aggressive crowd where, 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 like if you've ever been at a concert or have you ever seen a mad rush happen at Black Friday? People get hurt. They were, they were, they were, it says they were, they were, that he was almost crushed, meaning there was almost pain inflicted on Jesus because he's being, he's being pressed so much. So she had to push through. There had to be aggression for her to grab a hold of his hem. She had to push through. She had to press through. She probably got knocked back down. She got back up. Matter of fact, what probably happened is when she was down here, she probably crawled on over to grab a hold of the edge of his garment. And this is what's amazing. This was a sick woman fighting through a crowd. This wasn't a WWE wrestler. This wasn't a UFC fighter. This was a sick woman who pushed her way through an aggressive crowd to grab a hold of his garment. She was sick. But she had this determination. If I can just touch him, All I have to do is touch him. Man, if the body of Christ would come to church and say, man, all I need to do is touch him today. All I need to do this morning, Lord, we're worshiping, we're seeking you. God, all I need to do is touch you. That's all I need. Sometimes it's hard. We come in here, it's heavy. We're dealing with junk. 
We're dealing with life. It's pressing us down. Friends, when worship fires up and we got Sister Dorinthia going after it and a whole worship team that have practiced and that's pouring themselves out, it's not just for us to have a good show. No, they're kicking open the door of heaven for us to come through. And so what do we have to do when we come in this place? we got to press through our thoughts, our minds. we got to press through Satan. we got to press through the lies. And we got to come in and we got to say, God, this woman, sickly, pressed through a crowd to touch you. God, i got to touch you. So we got to press as well. This is the thing. He was on his way to touch someone else. He was busy. He, wouldn't, he didn't even have any mind of her. He was on an, another assignment. He was busy. He was doing something else. You don't hear her saying, excuse me, over here. Hello, can I get your attention? No, she didn't want any attention. He's on his way over there, and I'm going to fight through this crowd, and I'm going to touch him. It didn't stop her that he was on assignment. Well, God's busy. That didn't stop her. Number four, she was healed. She not only was spent, humble, and aggressive, but she was healed. Mark chapter 5, verse 29, 28 and 29, it says, immediately, say immediately. Immediately. Her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Immediately. She, and this is the thing, this is what blew my mind when I, when, when, I received, when I received this deposit in my spirit. This is what blew my mind. Friends, she didn't ask for it. She didn't cry out for it. She didn't beg for it. She took it. She took it. She didn't even pray for it. She took her healing. She took it. She took it. Her faith was so great that Jesus wasn't even laying hands on her. He wasn't even pouring himself out for her. He has healing virtue in his body, in his loins. He's Jehovah, the healer, Jehovah, Rapha, and she just grabbed a hold of him and took a part of his healing virtue. She took it. Friends, this is one of the most powerful accounts in the Word of God. She didn't even ask for it. She didn't ask for it. She took it. She took it. Are you getting this? She didn't ask. Are we desperate enough to believe? She didn't even get permission. Are you getting this? She did not get permission to take it. She just took it. Her faith drew healing from the master. He didn't say, be healed. He didn't say, your faith has healed you. She took it from him. Say, she took it. She took it. It It blows my mind. When this deposit, I'm like, oh my gosh, she took it. She didn't even ask. She didn't get permission. She didn't pray and beg and plead and cry out. No, she grabbed it and took it from him. Are you getting this? If I can only touch him, man, if Vision Ministries would grasp a hold of this concept 
of this biblical truth. If I can only touch him, take it. Take it. We don't have to ask. We don't have to plead. We don't have to beg. We don't have to put on a show. All we have to do is grab it and take it. Take it. She set the example for us. Every biblical account is meant to teach us a lesson. Why? To show us what's available. Who is this woman? I don't know. You don't know. But she has one of the most powerful accounts. She didn't ask. She didn't even, and this is, one of the, this is a very powerful account. Jesus, just say the word, my servant will be healed. She just grabbed him and said, I'm taking it from him. Number five, she got his attention. Mark chapter 5, verse 30. She took it. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized power had gone out from him. He asked, who touched me? Jesus didn't even know who he healed. He didn't even know who got healed. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing when you throw God off guard. If you can surprise the Lord, there's a, few, there's a very few accounts in scriptures where it says he was astonished by their faith. Took Jesus by surprise. He didn't even know who she was. He didn't turn back and look at her and say, daughter, no. He said, who touched me? She got in there. She grasped a hold of it. She claimed her healing. She got her healing. Jesus felt healing virtue leave from him. And he looked around and he says, who touched me? Remember, he's being pressed around like where he's being crushed. So, of course, what do his disciples say? What are you talking about, Master? What do you... This is, this is for, for a disciple, this is probably the dumbest thing they've ever heard Jesus say. Who touched me? I don't know, Jesus. Who's not touching you? It may sound funny, but that's, that's what they're like. They're like, who touched me? <laughs> this is the most amazing teacher on the face of the planet. He's the Messiah, and he's asking, who touched me? The disciples, man, they always got it wrong a lot. That's why I love, that's why I love it. They're probably thinking, Jesus, have you just gone wacko? Who touched me? Really? You know, we're going to go heal, and he's, we're going to go heal this girl. She's going to be he, raised from the dead. And now he's saying, who touched me? Jesus, you're like a bobblehead. How can you not say who, somebody isn't touching you? But he felt the difference between a person that was touching him and a person that was grabbing a hold of him. There's a lot of people that touch God. There's few people that hold on. And when she grabbed a hold, she held on. And she felt that virtue. And she said immediately she realized that, her, that she was freed from her suffering. I got a little goosebump. I got a little touch from Jesus. He's going through the crowds. He's shaking people's hands. He's touching their heads. They're shaking his hands. They're high-fiving him. He's about to go heal somebody. He's touching everybody. But then a person grabs a hold of him, and he stops. And he says, wait. Who touched me? And this is powerful. Verse 31, or excuse me, verse 32. 
Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. He couldn't even find the woman. He's looking around. He's, have you ever been in a crowd and you lost your kid and they're little and you can't see and you're looking everywhere for that person? This is Jesus. He's looking. <laughs> Hopefully not. But let's just say, for instance, let's say you're at Cedar Point or something, and your kid's lagging behind, or you're going to Walmart, there's a bunch of people in between you, your child's lagging behind, and so what do you do? You stop, and you're looking around. You've got your focus on what? The one person, your child, you're looking for. That's what she's looking, that's who he's looking for. He goes into focus mode, and he's like, okay, somebody, somebody, somebody touched eternity through my loins, and I want to know who this was. And he's looking around, and he's saying, who's, and he's, and he's asking, he asked, who touched me? He says it again. Who touched me? She could have slipped on out and said, I got my healing, deuces, I'm out. And that's what people do in the body of Christ all over the time. They come in, they get their healing. Okay, God, he touched me. I'm good, and now I'm out. That's all I needed. Thank you, Jesus. I got my job that I wanted, and now I'm working, and now I don't need you. And she could have slipped right on through the crowd. And that's what people do. They come into church. They get set free from their suffering, whatever that might be, whether that's suffering financially, suffering emotionally, suffering spiritually, suffering physically. God touches them. He pours out His Spirit. He loves on them. What does He want? He does that to show you that He wants a uh, affection and intimacy with you not to just be um, a magic genie that you can get your three wishes no he does that to draw you in so that you can have intimacy with him but yet people come in and they touch him they get healed and then they slip through the crowd and then months go on down and then they're having a hard time and they say well, well nobody at the church called me Nobody called me. She took it. Say she took it. She took it. If I can only touch him. She got his attention. He was busy. He was on his way to go heal somebody else. She stopped him in his tracks. And said, who touched me? Who is this? that poured virtue from my loins, who connected with the kingdom of God and reached out into eternity without permission. <laughs> she didn't get permission. She took it. Verse 32, she's, he's looking for her. People are crowding around him. The disciples are thinking that he's a wacko asking who touched me when he's being touched by every corner of his body. In verse 33, she comes trembling at his feet. And she what? She told the whole truth. If we can just be honest with God and come in. He knows us better than we know ourselves. If we think we can come in here and throw, and, and throw some sort of suave game to, to God, you can come in here, you can fool me, fool Pastor Joy. You can't fool the Lord. She told him everything. Told the whole truth. Said, I snuck up behind, 
crowds were fighting. I fought through the crowd. I've been in misery for 12 years. I've given all I have to try to get healed. I have nothing left. Why did she come trembling? Why was she so afraid? She was so afraid because of the, the Levitical law found in Leviticus chapter 15. That's why she was afraid. Leviticus chapter 15, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to just give you some bullet points. 25, it talks about people that have a continual, a, a continual um, secretion from their body. In verse 25, it says, she will be unclean until her discharge stops. So this woman was considered unclean. Moreover, if you know anything about a person that's considered unclean, when you read that full chapter, she was not even allowed to be with other people. She had to be outside the camp if they followed traditional Levitical law. So this woman for 12 years was what? Secluded. She was an outsider. She was an outcast. Not only did she deal with this, that's what, why, why would you spend everything that you have to be healed because you're isolated, you're alone, you're by yourself. We need community. Friends, we need each other. Verse 27, it says, even anyone who touches her will be unclean. If she understood Levitical law, this is why she snuck up behind him. Because she knew, I can't go to the master and say, touch me. Because I'm unclean. And if he touches me, he'll be unclean. So if she understood Levitical law, one of the reasons why she snuck up behind them and grabbed the hold of his garment, the edge, she could have been stoned. Because what does verse 31 say? Verse 31 says this. It says, you must keep Israelites separated from the things that make them unclean, so they will not die in their uncleanness from defiling my dwelling place which is among them. That's why she came trembling. She came trembling for life. I touched and I got what I want. Now I can die for this. So she came up. She shared it all. Shared her whole story. She was an outcast socially. She knew the consequences of touching someone or being touched. And this is where it's so beautiful. Verse number, number six, then she's affirmed. Verse 34, this is what he says. He doesn't say woman. He said that to a lot of people who, who he healed. He says this one word. He says, daughter. Look this up because I've studied this. There is no other account in any other gospel where he calls another person with this term of endearment. The word that he uses in the Greek is thogathar. It means descendant, inhabitant, female, child, or daughter. She was outcast. She touched him and got healed. She confessed and became clean. And then he affirmed her and she became a daughter of God. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? We come to the Lord out of need. He touches us. We reach out to Him. We come clean and confess. When He's calling out to us, we come before Him. We confess it all. And then He affirms us. 
And he says, daughter, I'm telling you, there's only one other time where he used the word son, and it was with the same scripture that, that uh, Pastor Joy was sharing with the, with the person that was uh, brought down from the thing. And that word son doesn't even mean son. That's a mistranslation. It's child. He says, child, your son is forgiven. Child, the word child is more of a generic term. It's not son. We, we read son, but actual in Greek, it was child. Child, your sins are forgiven. More of a generic term. With her, he affirms her as daughter. Are you getting this? He says, daughter. Friends, she didn't know the rules about healing. She didn't know the rules. Well, if it's God's will, well, if it's God's timing, she didn't know all those rules that we put on God. Well, if it's God's timing, I didn't get healed. She was suffering for 12 years. I believe it was God's timing. This is the thing. Friends, everything in my refrigerator has been purchased and is available to my, chi- my children. They can attain anything in that refrigerator whenever they desire. I bought it. All the food in that, in that refrigerator. Does my child have to come to me and say, Dad, can I get an apple? Of course you can get an apple. Dad, can I get something to drink? Well, of course. Can I get a sandwich? Duh, of course. We didn't buy all of this food and stock up our refrigerator for you to look at it. We bought it for you to enjoy it. It's been purchased, and it's available. If I, who am evil, know how to give good gifts to my children... Isn't that what the scripture says? Jesus was telling the Israelites, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Holy Spirit be given to those who ask? So if I've purchased it, and I've made it available, and they are my children, now if somebody else comes walking to my house, they have no right to that refrigerator, unless they ask. And if you ask, most likely you'll have rights too. Okay? I have a relationship with Pastor Earl. Pastor Earl could walk right into my house and go into my refrigerator. I have a relationship with him. Now, if a Joe Schmo came into my house trying to get into my refrigerator, I'm going to say, what the heck are you? Get out now. Probably in some more rude terms, because why are you in my house? But if my child wants from that refrigerator... They can get whatever they want. And this is the thing. Friends, there are things that are, that are available to us through the kingdom of God. We not need bashful or timid or doubtful. We just need to take it. We just need to take it. God has made it. He purchased. What did he, what did he do when he, when he, on the cross? He said, it is finished. It is finished. Before it was finished, she took it. And now that it's finished, we can take it. Friends, it's available. What is it that you need that you're crying out and begging for? Friends, we need to stop begging and we need to start taking. We need to start taking what's available to us. There are all kinds of kingdom things that are available for us. We just need to grasp a hold of it. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. This is what he says. He didn't say, I'm going to go ahead and let God do this. No, he says, I press on to take hold. Say take hold. 
of that which Christ Jesus have what? Has take has took a hold of me. I'm gonna take hold of it. I'm gonna take it. This woman said to herself, He has it, I want it, she took it. No permission, no long prayers. No, she snatched it from the I am. She snatched it from the eternal existing one. When they said to Jesus, you know, he was at, they were asking and talking to him. He said, before Abraham was, I am. The eternal, the all-sufficient, the, the existing one, eternal one. No permission. No long prayers. She took it. Say, take it. Friends, there are things that the Lord has for us to take. They're there waiting for us. We got to push through the crowd. We got to push through selfishness. We got to push through perversion and arrogance and pride and religion. And we got to push through fear of man and man pleasing and caring about what we look like, trying to look good. I don't want to look good. Friends, we need to take it. Stand your feet with me, if you will. This is the thing, friends. There are many saints in here. There are many saints in here that have been chasing God for a long time. Let me say this again. There are many saints in here that have been chasing God for a long time. What would happen if we actually caught him? What would happen? There's been saints in here that have been chasing after God for a long time, for years. They've been chasing after Him. What would happen if we actually caught Him? We probably wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. We've been in hot pursuit of the presence of the Lord for years. What would happen if we actually caught Him? What would we do? I'll tell you what, when people catch him, never the same. Never the same. What is it that you need to take today? Let's stop the mamsy pamsy wish washy faith. What is it that we need to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of us? What is it that you need today? I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you, if you're going to believe God, would you come up to the altar and take it? Take it. Believe God for it. If you want to leave here changed, if you want to leave here, friends, I'm telling you this. There are so many in here that need to be touched by God. You need to be touched by Him. You're living lukewarmly. You're living in sin. You're sexual, sexually immoral. You're full of pride and arrogance and religion. Learn how to play church. 
to hallelujah with the crowd and to go home unchanged. I don't know about you. I've been chasing God for a long time. I'm ready to catch him. Are you willing to take it? Just take it. If you're in this place and you are a son or or daughter of God, it is available for you to take it. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you and pray tongues over you. You don't need to get slain in the spirit. You need to just take it. You need to take it. You need to say, this is available to me through Christ Jesus. He's given me everything that I need for life and for godliness. I'm going to take it today. I'm going to take it. Maybe what you need to take is a fight inside you. You need to take that. You need to learn how to fight. You need to learn how to not give up. If you need baptized in the Holy Spirit, take it. If you need washed from your sins, take it. If you need set free from addictions and strongholds, friends, take it. Take it. Take it. She was suffering for 12 years. She took it. Take it today. Take it today. Leave with it. Grab a hold of his garment, that healing virtue that ran through the blood veins of Jesus. Touch your body today. He's Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. He's Jehovah Sikanu, the Lord our righteousness. He's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. God, we need you today. God, we need you today. We need a touch from you, God. The crowds are pressing. Our problems, life situations are pressing us away from Jesus. And God, we're not going to allow that to keep us from touching you. Just like Pastor Joy preached last week, God, we're not going to allow the doorway that's been closed off to stop us if we got to bust through the roof then God that's what we're going to do God if we got to push past the crowd and get knocked down and get back up and get shoved and get knocked down again Lord we're going to touch you Father Vision Ministries was not birthed for people to come here and to play church God it was birthed so that men and women could touch the hem of his garment. So that people can be touched by the presence of God and leave this place whole and leave this place forgiven and leave this place affirmed. God, we need your presence. We need your presence. We need your presence. If you need his presence, just tell him. Say, God, I need a touch from you today. I need to touch you. I need to touch you today. I need a touch from you. God, I choose to press this morning. I choose to press. I want to be humble. I want to be aggressive. And I want to be touched.
Father, thank you, God. Thank you for every single one of these individuals that have taken a bold step today to come up here. Can we have some of our prayer team come and join with some of our people that are up here praying? Pastor Earl. Jesus. Jesus, we need a touch from you, Lord. We need a touch from you.